Hello, and welcome to the Minimalist Moms podcast. I'm Diane. I'm a mother of three living in Columbus, Ohio. I'm trying to make room in my life for what matters by getting rid of the clutter and living life with purpose. I hope you'll join me on the journey to think more and do with less. Today, I bring you my conversation with fellow podcaster, Jesse Aredia. Jesse is a mother of two, almost three, girls, the host of the Mom Empowered podcast, and an empowerment coach. She encourages moms to gain the emotional wellness they need to confidently create the life they've always wanted. Today, our discussion will cover the importance of regrouping with your spouse regularly to assess how the division of the household-related tasks are working or maybe not working in your home, and Jessie will provide some practical advice of how to play on one another's strengths when you are delegating and divvying up who does what. But before we get to the interview, I just want to thank our sponsor today, Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls Podcast. Have you been searching for a podcast that the whole family can listen to? What about one that includes positive role models for your daughter? Only 19% of children's books showcase women with jobs or career ambition, and by the age of six, many girls already believe that they are less smart than boys. If you are looking for a podcast full of encouragement told from a women-first perspective, I have just the one for you. It's Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls Podcast. This award-winning podcast has been named Best Family and Kids Podcast by the Webby Awards, and that's like the Oscars for the internet, the Best Educational Podcast by the New York Radio Awards, and rated the Top Educational Podcast by iTunes. Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls Podcast offers parents and teachers a free resource to inspire, create, and instill confidence in girls. The podcast draws from the library of stories in the Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls book series and highlights one exceptional woman in each 20-minute episode. They are perfect before bedtime or on the way to school. The podcast introduces girls to modern icons as well as key her story figures like Frida Kahlo with engaging narration by equally impressive women. Give the Rebel Girl in your life the confidence to dream bigger and find Goodnight Story for Rebel Girls' award-winning educational podcast on your favorite player. Okay, I think that's all I have for you guys right now. Thank you again to Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls podcast. And now for my conversation with Jesse Aredia. Jesse, thank you so much for joining me on the Minimalist Moms podcast today. Yay, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. I was just talking to you about just kind of our past and how we started following one another. And it's just crazy that, I don't know, time just really flies. But I know about you, but listeners may not know. So why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. So I'm a wife. I am a mom of two girls, soon to be three girls, actually. We're due with baby number three this year. Um, We live in Atlanta, Georgia, and I am a work-from-home mom. I am a life coach for moms, and that really, truly is my passion. I'm also the host of the Mom Empowered podcast. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I kind of have my hands in a lot of different things, and then I've got a busy house with little ones. Cool. Well, um, I know that you don't necessarily talk about minimalism on your podcast, but I would say that there's an intentionality behind how you coach women. And so I'm curious to know, though, does that like carry over into your house and how you parent? Do you consider yourself a minimalist? I do, actually. I do consider myself a minimalist, um, definitely in terms of stuff. You know, I think like that's kind of the first thing that people think of when they think of minimalism. 
Um, so, you know, we do, we try to be very mindful of what our home consists of since it is a smaller home and we have the two kids and, you know, we don't want to be stepping over toys left and right, which I'm sure a lot of parents feel the same way. Mm -hmm. Um, so I do consider myself a minimalist in that way, even just in clothing choices and, you know, shopping and what we have, um, on hand in our house, but really, for me, I feel like minimalism has had the biggest impact in my life in terms of how I manage my time Mm -hmm. and how our family approaches time and responsibilities and weekly rhythms and all of that good stuff. Um, You know, I feel like since I do work from home and I do have two toddlers, I've had to really narrow in this past year, especially like what is the best use of my time? Mm -hmm. You know, is it me going to a trillion play dates every week, but then really I'm just hanging out with moms. I'm not truly having that quality time with my kids. Or is it me maybe, you know, having us stay home and and me actually being hands-on and playing on the floor since I do work. And so I don't get the all day stay at home mom effect that other moms might. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, I feel like the decisions we make in terms of what we fill our calendars with does reflect more of a minimalist kind of perspective, if that makes sense. That absolutely does. And in regards to, like you said, you're a stay-at-home working mom, and that's kind of hard to juggle our routines and responsibilities when we're we're so passionate about what we're doing, but it's also like my kids are really ultimately the most important thing. So we're going to be talking today about our husbands and how we can, I guess, navigate responsibilities in the household. And so I guess just my first question for you would be, how do you personally keep from being resentful in navigating the work? Because like you said, you're a stay-at-home mom, you're a working mom, and I'm sure that a lot of the responsibilities like the housework gets put on you for being home. So how do you get from being resentful? And then what does that look like for maybe the listeners, but also in your own life? Yeah, I I love that you you even use the word resentful, because even though it is kind of a strong word, I think that that is something that a lot of moms are feeling. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I I haven't, you know, explained too much about the work that I do. But originally, when I started coaching, the main group of women that I was working with were moms struggling with anger, Mm -hmm. because anger and resentment and um, rage, like that is a part of my journey and part of my story as a mom, especially um, walking through seasons of postpartum rage, which is not too much talked about, but is becoming a little bit more well known, thankfully. Um, But yeah, navigating that I feel like has given me a special spot in my heart for talking about these topics of anger and resentment and um, anxiety, even since since they all can correlate so closely. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as how do I keep from feeling resentful? Well, I will say I do have help. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's very important for me to just put that out there because I don't want people to get, you know, a glimpse of my life and think, oh my gosh, she works 20 hours a week and she's, you know, coaching women and she has these two kids and she has quality time with her family and, you know, she spends time with her husband. I don't want them to think that I am somehow juggling it all mm-hmm. when really I do truly have help. I have childcare that comes a few times a week. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband is very hands-on when he's not working. He, he is taking care of the kids. He gives me those opportunities to go sneak away and have a quick call with a client or to, you know, sneak away and nail out an hour of work or such. Um, and I'll also, you know, honestly, and, and I feel odd saying it because I know that this is not the case for a lot of women. And I don't want to feel guilty about it, you know, but I also just know that, you know, it, it's a little bit shocking to say this, but I actually don't do any of the cooking. 
in our house. My husband does all the cooking. Uh Um, So that at least is like something that helps ease the burden for me, if that makes sense. Um, So for me personally, that's how I keep from feeling resentful. I really do feel like having help helps me a lot. Mm -hmm. But as far as other women and like, you know, how I want to help women break out of their own anger, their own frustration, if they are feeling limited in their time, or if they are trying to juggle all the things and and maybe they don't have the same kind of help. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like my, the way that I like to approach this conversation is really just how can we get you to a place where you feel more empowered? Um, you know, and that's even why, you know, my brain is called mom and power, because I really do believe that a lot of our frustration, a lot of our anxiety and anger comes from a place of we don't feel powerful. We feel helpless. We feel powerless. We look around at our life, whether, you know, we're stay at home moms or working moms. And instead of seeing options and opportunities, we see constraints, we see limitations, we see, um, you know, how things are not in our control. Mm-hmm. So I consider it my job to help women get to a place of more empowerment, to help them use the power and the authority and the creativity that they do have. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, going back to the original question of, okay, well, how do you stop being resentful if you're trying to juggle all of the things? If you are a busy mom or you're working from home and it's just a lot on you, you're trying to keep up with the house and do all the cooking. My first suggestion is to sit down first and look head on at the problem that you're facing Mm -hmm. and decide like, what are your options in this? Mm -hmm. You know, like how can you use more of your authority and creativity to help get more of your needs met and lessen that overwhelm? Mm -hmm. So for some, it might look like you need to sit down and you need to write out a list of who could help Mm -hmm. with the tasks. You know, I mean, I said for me, I have childcare, I have my husband, but maybe for you, it's a family member. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe it's a grandparent who isn't working and actually has time to give. Maybe it's a cousin. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's a family member that you're not even close to, you know, but maybe they're, maybe they're home for the summer from college and, you know, they don't really have much going on. Maybe for you, it's a friend Mm -hmm. and maybe even a friend who has their own family and their own kids, but also wouldn't mind coming over to help you fold laundry while you watch the bachelorette at night you know like like i think it's helpful to be creative Mm -hmm. and to realize that there are more opportunities to ask for help than sometimes we let ourselves believe Mm -hmm. um you know maybe it's maybe it's the fact that you need to rearrange your budget Mm -hmm. to see how you can afford a housekeeper even just once every few weeks to tackle that the big stuff that just feels like it's always looming Um, and oftentimes I do think it is our spouse Mm -hmm. that we can end up looking to for more of that support I do think that you know most often the solution is to delegate more Mm -hmm. over to our husbands and to have conversations on what it looks like to divvy up duties and tasks Mm -hmm. in a way that works for everybody Mm -hmm. And doesn't put all of the burden on you. I would say that that really is one of the most important first steps I would suggest if you do feel like you're in that place of resentment. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh, you said so much that I want to, <laughs> I want to actually just go back and talk to you about anger and postpartum like after that. But that's not what we're here to talk about today. So I can definitely relate to feeling resentful being home right now during this COVID period. My husband and I are both working from home. We're juggling not only our working roles, but we're juggling who's in charge of the yard, who's in charge of laundry, who's in charge of cooking. But 
I think within all of that, like I do get resentful and it stinks because I'm actually not mad at him. Sometimes I think that you can just be mad at the circumstances and I don't know how to navigate these emotions. It's not my husband's fault, but no one's really at fault. And I think that can be frustrating in itself because what do we do with that? And so I really like some of the tips that you said about just looking who could help us, looking how we can delegate looking how we could possibly outsource or looking what we can get rid of to allow space in our schedule Mm -hmm. and in what we're prioritizing. What if you found, you said your husband does the cooking, which is wonderful, but what have you found helpful or what tips might you have other tips for sharing household work with your spouse? Yeah, I think the best way to start is to start with asking questions. Mm -hmm. Um, I think a lot of women, myself included, are used to giving orders, mm-hmm. you know, like we see the house as our domain. So we yeah. kind of get it in our heads that we have an idea of, okay, this is what needs to be done. This is when, this is when they need to be done by, and this may very well be true. Like we might be so on top of things. And so from there, we have no problem of saying, Hey, I need you to vacuum. Mm-hmm. Hey, I need you to do this. Mm-hmm. But the problem is when we are just giving orders based off of what we believe and what we see and what we perceive, the problem is that that doesn't guarantee that your spouse is on board. Yeah, They might not understand why these things matter in the first place, why they matter to you, why they should matter to him. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, you know, maybe your spouse has already decided for themselves that these things don't matter mm-hmm. to them. Mm-hmm. So if you're digging up tasks and you're just saying things like, hey, babe, I want you to vacuum or hey, go pull the weeds in the yard. They're overgrown. Mm-hmm. What you're doing is you might actually be setting yourself up for disappointment yeah. because there's not enough conversation happening beforehand. You're just, you're, you're in this, you're in this kind of zone of, okay, like I know what needs to be done. I'm going I'm to give orders. I'm going to delegate. I'm going to do this. I think that there has to be some questions that get asked first, mm-hmm. um, especially if, you know, if your husband's prone to forgetfulness mm-hmm. or maybe they procrastinate or maybe they make excuses. So asking questions, getting curious, having these sort of inquiring, productive conversations can really help. Mm-hmm. And as an example, you know, I would say that, you know, going back to the, the hey, babe, I need you to vacuum. Mm-hmm. I would say a great way to approach even that is to instead, you know, start with, Hey, babe, I would love if you would vacuum this weekend, but I want to know how important is this task to you? Mm -hmm. And when might it best fit in your schedule? Mm -hmm. Can I help you in some way with it? Do you need me to clear off the floor so that, you know, you can just get right to it. You don't have to walk around and pick up stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. Do we need to set a reminder on your phone? Is there, is there something I can do for you in return to alleviate one of your burdens this Mm -hmm. weekend? You know, I think that asking these questions can do so much good in terms of opening up communication and helping you make a plan Mm -hmm. that works for both people, you know, and gets you on the same page more so than just saying, Hey, I need you to vacuum, Mm -hmm. you know, And, and it might sound like more work to have to ask these kinds of questions, you know, but the truth is it's most likely going to be way more productive and time saving for you because now the task is more likely to get done. Maybe you've just avoided a big fight. You know, you've avoided the, you know, the cycle of having to remind him over and over and then you're getting mad and then you're having to do it yourself because he forgot or he let too much time pass. So I think that starting with asking questions really is the best thing you can do. That's great advice. Is there something interfering with your happiness? Is something preventing you from achieving your goals? Mental health has obviously become much more of a topic of conversation and something that we're much more aware of and comfortable talking about these days. 
However, there can be a lot of stress associated with trying to find the right healthcare provider. That's where BetterHelp online counseling comes into play. With BetterHelp, they make the process so much easier and streamlined. You can talk to a healthcare professional from the comfort of your own home through your mobile device or your computer. And BetterHelp will align you with someone based on your needs. So that could be depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, grief, trauma, and really anything that you'd like to talk to someone about. But I've personally been able to check it out myself and have really seen the ease in which you can receive that care you're looking for. I'll just be transparent with you. I have used it for several months and I love that I can put my kids to bed and then hop on there at 8 p.m. face-to-face on my phone. It just makes it so much easier without having to worry about a babysitter. I can do it at my own convenience. To set up, I just had to go onto the website, fill out a survey of what I was looking for, and it set me up with my own personal counselor. Also, if you don't tend to click with the person, you can always switch. They make it very painless and easy for you. It's quite fantastic. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. So if you've really struggled with trying to find the right therapist or someone to talk to in regards to mental health, this is something that I recommend. Best of all, it is a truly affordable option. I want you to start living a happier life today. So as a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com minimalist. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash minimalist. You mentioned the idea of playing to one another's strengths and maybe your husband, his strength is cooking and he's a great cook and so therefore he takes that off of your plate. So was that something that I guess you guys talked about prior to you becoming a small business owner or was that just something that you've always done in your relationship and then what does it look like to play to one another's strengths Mm, yeah that's a good question well the cooking thing is something that's always kind of been a part of our relationship um not so much before we had kids Uh but as soon as our eldest was born it was like I mean uh, again, like I, d- I did not struggle with postpartum depression, but postpartum for me was a difficult transition. I think it is for most women. Yeah. Um, and so the idea of cooking meals was was just it was like the the tipping point for me. But it was it was the most overwhelming thing on my plate. And that was when we started getting into more of this groove of okay he's going to be the one taking up the cooking, um, which was, you know, that was hard for me to let go of at the time. And this was a few years ago. I was my eldest is she's almost four now, but it was hard for me to give that up because in my mind I'm thinking, well, I should be the one doing it. Like this should be my responsibility. But the more that I just let it happen and I just said, okay, you know, like I'm just going to let you do the cooking. I mean, I, I still do the meal planning. I still am the one who writes the grocery list. I'm still the one who tells him, Hey, here's what we're having Mm -hmm. so at least he's not having to think so much about it Mm -hmm. but as far as who's standing in the kitchen who's cutting up the vegetables oftentimes it is him Mm -hmm. and it works out really well for us because I think he he wants to know how he can support me and when he's coming home you know, from work and he's just, you know, sees me. And, you know, when I was a new mom and I had like the spit up all over my clothes and I'm like trying to breastfeed for the hundredth time that day, I think it meant a lot to him that he knew there was one thing he could do to help. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he might not have been able to breastfeed the baby for me, but he could definitely give me a chance to just relax while he gets food on the table. Mm-hmm. And so it, we've just kind of continued on with that pattern. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's sort of how that happened for us. But in terms of how other couples can start to play to each other's strengths when, you know, figuring out, okay, who does what, divvying up tasks, delegating responsibilities. I think, I think what you need to start with is just be an observer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like start making note of things. Who washes the dishes more quickly? Mm-hmm. For, for me, my husband, it's me. I wash the dishes more quickly. He takes forever and annoys me. I'm like, why are you still in the kitchen washing dishes? Yeah. So like make note of who does things more quickly. Mm-hmm. Make note of who complains the least. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, maybe you're folding laundry and maybe for you, laundry is like, oh my gosh, I hate this. Mm-hmm. But for him, like he doesn't even say anything about it. He just does it. Mm-hmm. So make note of who's complaining the least, who's doing things more quickly. Make note of who's enjoying the task more, Mm -hmm. or at least doesn't dread it or feels as overwhelmed by it. Mm -hmm. Um, My husband Grant and I, we have an interesting way of divvying up tasks Mm -hmm. because we like to divide some tasks up into micro tasks, like multiple micro tasks, Mm -hmm. uh, which we found works really well for us. So, for example, my husband, like I said, he's slow at washing dishes, Mm -hmm. but I can knock it out really quickly. The thing is, though, I hate loading up the dishwasher. Uh, like that to me is a turnoff. Like as far as, okay, I'm going to do the dishes. I just think, oh my gosh, I don't want to load up the dishwasher. Even just the movement of having to rotate my body to put things in it and then having to rearrange dishes around to make room for what I'm putting in. It makes me not want to even, I don't even want to start the task. So, so what we figured out this past year is that, you know, since we have a sink that has two sides, you know, there's one side with a garbage disposal and then there's a little wall and there's another side without the garbage disposal. Mm-hmm. We have decided that our system now is we put all of our dirty dishes on one side and we put all of our rinsed dishes on the other side. Mm-hmm. So so when I come into the kitchen, usually around lunchtime, I, you know, I'm making the girls some lunch. Mm-hmm. I get a chance to quickly rinse some dishes, you know, just knock it out. Mm-hmm. I put them on the other side of the of the sink. I don't even have to open up the dishwasher at all. Mm-hmm. And then later, when he is available in the afternoon or in the evening, you know, around dinner time, mm-hmm. he will load those dishes up into mm-hmm. the dishwasher. I never have to bother mm-hmm. with the dishwasher. I haven't loaded anything up into it for probably three or four months. Um, and this is how we knock something out together that for just one person can easily feel like a big burden. Like even just breaking it up into micro tasks can be a huge relief. And this can be done with, you know, anything from doing laundry to tidying up the house to meal prepping. So if, you know, if laundry is the big looming task for you, then maybe you have to come up with a system where like you fold the kids clothes mm-hmm. and your husband folds yours and his clothes or vice versa. And maybe you can both do it while you're watching a show or you're listening to a podcast you enjoy. My husband and I, we love listening listening to podcasts together. We have a few that we love and that's how we get through laundry as a team. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and kind of, again, alleviate some of that resentment that I think can build up if you find yourself always being the one doing the, the, the chores. Yeah. Um, or if meal prepping mm-hmm. is the thing that's intimidating or time consuming, but you know that it's something that matters because it helps your family function better. Maybe you can start by figuring out, okay, who's the quickest chopper? Mm-hmm. Who who's the person who cares the least about handling the raw chicken, mm-hmm. you know, and, and then start to piece together what preparing meals as a team 
with these micro tasks that you're both doing and what that might look like for you. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I know that like this idea of dividing up tasks into micro tasks, it might sound like it's complicating things. Mm-hmm. And, and so I will say like, if your current system is working for you, I don't want you to think that you have to stop what you're doing to try this, to try this out, you know, cause it might not be for everybody. It's yeah. very possible though, that you will feel lighter once you start to break tasks down. And then you figure out how you can tackle it as a team mm-hmm. using each other's strengths mm-hmm. and preferences, mm-hmm. um, which I think goes back to the importance of having conversations, you know, like get curious, be an observer, but then also just ask outright, how do you feel about this? Do you enjoy doing this task? Or is it a big burden to you? What can we do to make it easier on both of us? How can we work together? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like there might be things that your spouse is better wired for mm-hmm. than you. And it's okay to admit that. And I think it's important to learn those things. Yeah, absolutely. And another just quick thing as we start to kind of wrap things up here. I'm just curious, like, are you and your husband particularly, are you going back in different seasons and seeing, okay, I used to be the one doing this, but now it's your turn to do this. Or do you think it's more of, I don't want to say set in stone, but do you think that this changes? Are you guys reevaluating whose role is what? We do reevaluate, not as often now, Mm -hmm. since we've gotten into such a good groove. I mean, we really we've figured out how to play to each other's strengths, but it was a process. It did not happen overnight. It was very much a trial and error kind of thing. Um, But we do regularly reevaluate, you know, even still every few weeks, I might just say to my husband, like, Hey, are you still okay with doing this? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and and every now and then he actually says, "Uh, no, I'm kind of ready to change things up. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe he's feeling more stressed. Maybe he's not enjoying the task anymore. Like he did two or three or six months ago. Um, so yeah, we do reevaluate. I definitely do recommend that everybody reevaluates, you know, have these regular conversations Mm -hmm. about what would make life easier, how you might need to switch things up. Mm -hmm. Um, I also think that it's important to reevaluate things whenever there's a transition, transition happening in your life. Mm -hmm. And that transition, you know, for a lot of us has been COVID like, you know, you know, people coming home from work or, you know, losing work. Mm-hmm. I think that that is an important time to reevaluate is what we're doing working for us. Yeah. Um, but other transitions might be just, you know, your kids are home from school for the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe one of your kids has dropped a nap. Like, and I know that might sound silly, but like, that's a source of overwhelm and frustration for a lot of moms. So I think it's important that like, for each of us to remember that just as circumstances change, just as seasons change and we go through transitions, our approach to our everyday lives, our approach to our responsibilities and our tasks, like that can change as well. Mm-hmm. So you may have to reevaluate things every few months. And if you're in the beginning stages of figuring out what works best for you, you may have to reevaluate on a weekly basis, you know, to like just have a weekly meeting. And again, it doesn't have to be anything crazy, just like a couple questions of, hey, is this working for you? What do we maybe need to try different? Mm-hmm. Um, and just keep doing that until you settle into that groove. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've said this on a previous podcast that we were talking about marriage and just, 
you're a partnership and basically you're both on the same team and you want to both you want to run the most productive household that you can Mm -hmm. like we're we're both on the same team and both united so asking those questions knowing that we're on the same team with one another and that we want to support one another and be unified in that I think we have to keep that perspective it's not your husband necessarily trying to pile all the work on you because you're the stay-at-home mom or whatever your situation might be I think that we just have to remember that perspective and remember unity that we both want this household to remain functional (laughs) well jesse this was such a wonderful conversation i feel like i benefited from listening to this especially like navigating my husband and i both being home we have a few more months here throughout the summer that we're going to be home together so i just really appreciated your time but where can listeners find more from you if they want to connect yeah so my website is jessieeredia.com um, and you can find me on Instagram with the same name. Uh, my handle is Jesse Aredia. And I also have a podcast called the mom empowered podcast and a free Facebook community called the mom empowered Facebook group. Great. Well, I'll be sure to include all of that in the show notes for listeners. As we wrap things up here, I'm going to ask you the two questions that I ask every guest. Yeah. And the first one is what is something that you're simplifying right now? AKA what is your minimalist moment of the week? Mm, yeah. Okay. So recently in the past few weeks, we have simplified bedtime for our kids, mm-hmm. um, which it's taken me a minute to figure this one out. But for me, bedtime has been as far as like putting our kids down for bed, that has been something that I don't look forward to. Mm-hmm. It's something that like feels like a lot of work because, you know, we have to get them in their PJs and then, you know, we're expected to read these stories. And sometimes we're having to fight over how many stories we're reading or which, which kid gets to pick which book since we have two of them. So we have figured out recently that because this just wasn't enjoyable to either of us and, you know, and also because we were feeling more drained by that time. I mean, our kids go to bed at seven 30 and, you know, as sad as it might sound by, by time seven 30 rolls around, we are tired too. Mm-hmm. So we figured out that instead of reading bedtime stories right before bed, mm-hmm. we're actually now reading books together before dinner. Mm-hmm. And we're making it more of like a late afternoon mm-hmm. kind of activity. Mm-hmm. So now after bath, as we're all winding down, we have no problem with all of us piling into our bed mm-hmm. and putting on a quick a quick show. You know, and usually we just watch like 10 or 15 minutes of a little Einstein. And we let that be how we're ending our evening together. You know, we're all piled in, we're all snuggled. And we're not expected to be on, you know, because we're not having to read stories. We're not having to, you know, make these decisions. It really is just us ending the evening together on a very restful, peaceful note. I feel like I, I wish I had thought to do this so much sooner, but but I'm so glad I figured out now that it's okay to like switch the routine up and not make it look quite as picturesque as what I think we kind of imagine as parents. Um, so that's something that I've been simplifying and I am loving it. Yeah, no, I love that. And I think things aren't going to necessarily look the same for every single family. And again, going mm-hmm. back to the roles of the husband and wife, everything is going to be fit specifically for your family and what works best to keep sanity, to keep peace, to keep organized. I, I love that you're doing that. Yeah. My last question is, what is something that you can't stop talking about? Ooh, okay. So last week, we just ordered a nightlight. It's called the Hatch Rest nightlight for kids Uh and we have been using it in our girls room they actually share a room right now Mm -hmm. and um it 
what it does is it's a built-in sound machine. It's also a nightlight. And you can um, control the colors of the nightlight from your phone, as well as control the sounds, the volume, all the things that have to do with the nightlight. And we bought it because we were having this problem with my three-year-old waking up um, earlier than she was supposed to and running over to turn on the light and then like starting to play while her sister was still trying to sleep. And so we kind of realized that like we need to have a cue for her in terms of, okay, now you can get out of bed. Now you can turn on the light. So we've developed a system where like all night long they sleep with, it's a very dim red light with the sound machine on. And then at a certain point in the morning, it transitions to yellow, which means you can get out of bed and you can play quietly but you still can't turn the lights on and then after about 20 minutes it transitions to green and the sound machine turns off so now it's like okay it's morning you can turn the light on you guys can read books you can play until we come get you Mm -hmm. and it has made morning so much easier because at first like I I go for runs in the morning Mm -hmm. and so while I'm trying to you know quickly eat some breakfast I can get some protein in me and you know I'm trying to get dressed and, you know, get, get ready to go. I'm having to constantly check the baby monitor because I feel like either they're being too loud or one is disturbing the other. And so having the system Mm -hmm. helps me feel like, okay, like they have their own system while I'm trying to get my stuff done. I don't have to worry so much about them. Mm -hmm. And I just, I, I think it's such an amazing like item. Like I'm just so glad someone created it because it really is useful for us right now. Yeah, I'm going to have to put that on my wish list. Yeah, yeah. Jesse, thank you so much for all of this great advice today. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule to come. And like I said, I'll be sure to include everything in the show notes for listeners. They want to work with you or just connect with you, listen to your podcast. So I just really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for bringing me on, for giving me the opportunity to encourage your listeners and just offer some helpful tips. This was really such a pleasure. What did you think of the interview? I have to tell you that behind the scenes, Jesse was just incredibly genuine. I think that really came across in our conversation, but I just really appreciated her encouragement and that we should play to one another's strengths and just remember that no one wants disunity in the household. So just remember to continually pursue peace and compromise. And I think that listening and asking questions like she said will really go a long way. I invite you to keep the conversation going at minimalistmomspodcast.com. There you'll find links to the Facebook page, Instagram account, and where you can find me all around the web. Join me back here next week as I bring you my conversation with author Kathy Lip. Kathy is the author of the book, The Clutter-Free Home. The best way that I can describe this conversation to you is that it had practical tips to decluttering that I really hadn't thought of, and it's evident that Kathy truly desires to inspire peace and functionality in everyone's home. Her motto is, don't put it aside, put it away. I can't wait to bring you more of our conversation next week. Thank you for joining up on this journey. I wish you a lovely week as you think more and do with less.